Hello and welcome back to the Elite Football Show. My name is Haydar Rabani and I'm your host as ever today. We're back for another player analysis show because you guys absolutely loved the last one we did on Moises Caicedo, which funny enough looks like he's going to Brighton. Uh, and Jeremy's a Brighton fan as well. So, you know, if there's any Brighton fans watching this, definitely check out the Caicedo video I did with Simon Edwards because it was absolutely fantastic. And it looks like Brighton will, will possibly be getting a fantastic player. But as I said, I've got Jeremy Smith back on the podcast, probably for the fourth time now, Jeremy. You know, I've got to give you some some sort of stash or something because uh, you're, you're you're an unofficial member of the Elite Football Show. But today we'll be talking about Bubakari Samari because there seems to be a notion about him that he can go and walk into a top side in Europe and that he's the next best, best thing. But actually, 99.9% of the people, Jeremy, have never seen him play. So that's why you're here to provide your expert opinion. Jeremy, welcome back. How are you doing today? And tell me a little bit about Samari, sort of his background, and what sort of player he is. Hi, yeah, uh, I'm good, thanks. Apart from increasing rumours about Basuma leaving at some point. <laughs> we'll get to that another time. Um, Sumare, it's, it's a weird one. I, mean, I think we've sort of joked around in the past, maybe more about Ibrahim Sangare, who, who was at Toulouse. He's now at, um, I think, PSV. Um, I know, you know, certainly at the time, Southampton fans were very excited when they thought they were going to sign Sangare. And the whole time I was, I was saying, I think Ibrahim Diallo is actually better. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But he certainly had a great match against Liverpool. And um Sumare is a kind of similar in terms of of all the hype and as you said I just, I on one side I get it because you you watch him certainly you know if you look at sort of highlights reels on on YouTube which obviously always pick out the best bits anyway there's no doubt there's a hell of a lot of potential there but he's still a kid who hasn't played that consistently or that often um for Lil and so it's it's bizarre to me. You know, I don't know if this is like a FIFA thing that um, people base it on that rather than actually seeing the players. But I understand why people think he could be great, but he's certainly not worthy of the of the fuss that people are making. And, the you know, we desperately need to sign him. On what basis? And there's nothing to suggest that he's going to sort of, you know, top of the table now there's nothing suggests he's the type of player who's going to make sure you're still there in may that kind of thing yeah that's that's the strange thing i mean i said that like you said sangari is another one there's there's quite a few players that fans it's definitely a fifa thing it's definitely a championship manager thing where people see a player with a lot of potential and then they translate that obviously to to real life but when i looked at sumari i mean look i've seen him play more than a lot of other people have uh, I like I like the way um, you know Lille have been doing this sort of the business. Obviously, the campus is gone now. Um, but what I liked about Sumari was that clearly there's a lot of raw raw ability there, isn't there? He's I would say he's more of a he's still a rough diamond in that respect. I think there's a lot of good attributes there. But if you look at how many games he's played this season, I believe it, he's played at ten out of twenty three. Maybe that's changed. I think there's been a few games since I last checked. Um, but that doesn't he's not a starter for a start. So. The idea that he's going to go to Manchester United or another big club and start straight away is ludicrous, isn't it? So are you able to just tell the listeners, firstly, what his strong attributes, you know, in terms of is, is he a carrier? Is he a good carrier of the ball? Is he a good passer? And, and what are the weaknesses to his game? Because I think, like I said earlier, he is raw. And to come in, into the Premier League, let's say if he does come in, it's going to take a bit of time to adjust. He won't play week in, week out. 
this is the thing. I think he's um he can, you know, again, it's all raw, but he can do a bit of everything. Like he's comfy, he's big, he's strong, he's comfortable on the ball, he can break lines with the ball at his feet, he's got a, a nice range of passing, slightly more defensive minded, he's a good tackler. Um, he doesn't seem to show much sort of attacking intent. Um, so I'd say sort of either a defensive midfielder or certainly potential to be a, a, a really good box-to-box player. Um, but it's all raw. And so, as I said, that you know, there's potential there. You could look at him and say, well, you know, he's a future Vieira, for example. But all of those aspects need improvement. And certainly in terms of concentration, in terms of game management, in terms of attitudes, on the pitch and arguably off it, I'll come to that in a sec, he just, there's a lot of improvement there. And and yeah, someone who, you know, you, you could bring him in and sort of have him as a, a bit part player or a, a squad player. And, um, you know, I'm sure at United, there's a lot of, a lot of people who are able to gradually get the best out of him. But he's, yeah, he's nowhere near the finished article yet. And um, at Lille, Basically, he was kind of in and out of the side or sort of making his way into the squad over the last couple of seasons. Then then last season, the first half of the season, he actually played quite a lot, started a lot, played a lot. And then, uh, so the, the season before, rather, then in, in, there was this whole sort of aborted move to Newcastle. And a lot of... I mean, it looked like it was going to happen and then it fell through right at the end. And there was a lot of sort of blaming on both sides with Simare saying, I never wanted to leave. You were trying to push me out. And and Lille sort of saying, well, hang on, your agent was kind of touting you around the whole of Europe. You can't, you can't have it both ways sort of thing. And there's probably a bit of truth to both sides. But the fact is, after that, he was a lot less in the side. And this year as well, He's he's played most matches, but he's he's started less than half. Most of them are coming on as sub. And yes, Lille have got you know they're they're purring at the moment. They're doing very well. They've got in midfield obviously like Renato Sanchez who who is coming back to his best under Lille. He's got Benjamin Andre, who's one of those sort of typically underrated league and servants kind of thing. So there are good players in front of him. But the fact is that. You know, aborted transfer or not, um, whether it's his fault or not, Galtier felt that he was not expendable, but, you know, certainly not someone that I absolutely have to have in my first team, no questions asked. And so that means that for the last year or 18 months or so, to an extent, he hasn't really been given enough opportunity in the first team, or, the, or maybe he hasn't been giving himself enough opportunities in training or whatever to push on. So he's still that raw player with all that raw potential that we saw a year or 18 months ago, and there hasn't yet been any progression. That's very interesting. Let's talk about those off-field things. So, I mean, every single summer, last time we spoke, we spoke in the summer, actually, didn't we? We did a transfer special. And every single summer, you seem to hear Samari's name. Chelsea apparently were interested. That was the rumours. Obviously, United are, are being linked. I know uh, perhaps he said United are interested, um, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be a move for him. But 
he's been touted around Europe. A lot of fans asking, well, only Newcastle went in for him. So obviously he's not that good. This, I don't understand the sinking because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, it's so it's very binary, isn't it? Oh, if that team's going for him, that shows his level. That's not how it is. But is is it a case of he didn't get his move to a bigger club, so he's just shut down and now he's actually displaying perhaps uh, maybe sulking a little bit? Or is that a little bit harsh? Is he just a young player and you go up and down in your form and, you know, these things happen when you're a young player? I think it's harsh. I mean, you know, the last year or so has been so disrupted football-wise, certainly in France with last season finishing um, a little bit early. And Lille, Lille themselves, I wouldn't have said up and down, but sort of two years ago they finished second. And then last year they they sort of struggled to get back into the in sort of into the season with the, the Champions League and trying to think which player left. Was it Pepe that summer? There's always players leaving. Um, and in the end, they were unlucky probably not to finish in the top three. I reckon if the season had finished, they'd have finished ahead of Wren. Um, this season, they're, they're obviously having a, a, you know, arguably a really good sort of title tilt. So there's always the inconsistencies of being at a French club, which is has got a very much a selling model. So there's always disruption, and there's the additional disruption of of COVID and and the way that's affected football. So I don't necessarily think that he hasn't shown any clearly bad attitude. It's just that you know there there were hints of either him or probably more likely his agent making trouble at the time of that aborted transfer. And since then, I guess he just hasn't shown enough football-wise to um, kind of make himself an indispensable first-team starter. But like I said, he's always been in and around the team and he is starting sort of more or less half the matches this year. So, And I think there has been improvement this year from sort of since that aborted Newcastle move. So I think he's getting back to his best. He's playing for France under-21s as well. So... Um, I think it is a case of, you know, if he gets a good run in the team, he can probably really sort of build on on all those skills that he's got. But it's sort of chicken and egg, you know. But, at, yeah, maybe attitude-wise, maybe I was a little bit unfair to say that. It's just that, I mean, I suppose maybe you could compare him to Ndombele. I think it's just the the style, the way that he plays. He's another one where... It looks like he doesn't care. So when he's having Pogba's a bad game, one, it's all accentuated. Yeah, Pogba as well. You know, it's it's an easy narrative, isn't it? That if they're maybe if they're not busting a gut like when really did, running, charging up and down the field, you know, making tackles left, right, and centre, they've got an attitude problem. They're lazy. I think it's a really unfair brush that these uh, players get tarred with. You know, I, I seem to see it seems to happen a lot with French players. If I'm being honest with you, that's that's the maybe the English game. You know, the British game. There's a lot of emphasis on someone run around like a headless chicken rather than be a little bit more composed, uh, conserving your energy, using it correctly. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't I think the fact that someone runs around, the fact that someone's athletic means absolutely nothing. It's about that, your footballing brain. You've got to have exactly. the application. Uh, but that, that's a that is a British problem. We could talk about that for hours. But let's move on to his best position because. Lille play 4-4-2. That's another thing that I just don't it boggles my mind with United fans. Oh, he's gonna come in and play the Matic role as a holding defensive midfielder in the 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 in the single pivot. And I just, from what I've seen of him, he doesn't play that position. You know, 4-4-2, I 
I've seen him play more box to box. I've seen him carry the ball quite well. He's obviously athletic. He's got, like you said, good passing range. Um, but would he be able to play a holding role? So let's say, let's say that Paul Pogba does stay and United want to upgrade on the defensive midfielder. Matic is going on a little bit. Could he play as more of a six, holding, holding position, screening the back four, allowing Pogba to go forward, or let's say Van der Beek? Or would he be actually the Pogba replacement? So Pogba, let's say he leaves, and he's playing more of a box-to-box. -box. He's going forward. He's playing more like a number eight. He's holding when he needs to hold, going forward when he goes forward. Is that more in tune with his game? Or is he talented enough to learn either role? I think he's probably got the talent to play to play either. I think he he can, you know, like I said, he is a good tackler. I think he certainly could just play as that defensive shield, and even from that position, sort of, you know, a bit like a quarterback, just ping the balls over the top. Um, but I think he's at his best when he's sort of breaking um, from deeper and, and, like I said, breaking through lines with with the ball. He's you know he's very comfortable dribbling and and. Um, bringing the ball forwards, I think it would be a shame to sort of take that out of his game. So for me, proper box-to-box -box player, but I think he he has got the capability if he can sort of um, maybe improve his reading of the game and his concentration to, to play that holding role. Very interesting. And in terms of the price, I mean, look, French football's in disarray. Are you able to talk about that a little bit and what's going on there? I know that there seems to be, is it the TV deal? I know someone... Someone said the other day that Amazon need to come in or someone like that, one of these big streaming services. Obviously, there's a lot of disarray going on. There's some really, really good talent in Liga. I think the especially the British teams could go in and pick off some great talents. But what is the price sort of being being bandied around? And would it be good business if United went in and bought him in the summer? Because it's not going to happen in January. I know there's interest there. I think fans want to see a player like him come in. But for me, I just think he's going to come in and still be a rotation rotation. Uh, option i don't think he starts um a lot depends on what happens with paul pogba as well i think at, at the moment definitely a rotation player like i said sort of good enough to be around the first team but not good enough to build a team around if you know what i mean um so for the right price i think he's definitely a good player to bring in because as i said he's got all the raw materials if someone can sort of polish him then he's going to be you know, a really awesome midfielder and a you know potential full France international. Um, Lille, like I said, that their project, like most front French teams, are very much selling. Um, a lot of that was sort of based on on Campos being there and finding the next big stars. So with him not there anymore, um, I think it's going to be quite a disrupted summer for Lille anyway. Um, I can't see Galtier staying beyond the summer, to be honest, either. So. Um, and obviously with, with new ownership, they're not in a fantastic, although they're sort of in a very good place. If you look at the league table, I'm not sure they're in a great place in general. So I think there'll be a few players looking to leave in the summer and see, I suppose it could go either way with him. If some of those more established first teamers leave, then it could be his chance for the team to be built around him or more likely, especially if his agent has anything to do with it, he'll be looking for a move to, to the Premier League. Um, so then I think it just depends on price. I mean, Lille have obviously got a lot of money the last couple of years from the likes of Ozymen and Pepe. And, um, you know, it's debatable, Gabriel as well, it's debatable whether any of those players are necessarily worth the amount they went for. 
Um, so a lot of it is is down to negotiation. I mean, French clubs like sort of, you know, particular fee with add-ons according to appearances and internationals and all that kind of thing. And maybe that that's the best way to go with him, sort of, um, I don't know, I'm not good at, at sort of working out figures, but 20, 30 million with potential to rise depending on, on how his career goes. But knowing Lille, certainly knowing Lille under the previous um, leadership, they would be looking for a lot more than that. Knowing Lille at the moment, who knows anymore? So I think there's definitely a deal to be done. And as you said, especially with um, the issues with the TV rights in France, you know, but basically France, have, the French clubs have lost a lot of revenue, partly obviously because of gate receipts, but mainly the TV deal. Um, you know, cynical people, including me, would say that the reason that the league finished early last year was nothing to do with, well, obviously partly to do with COVID, but it wasn't health concerns. It was so that, um, you know, we could sort of draw a nice line under the previous TV contracts and start start afresh with the new one at the beginning of the new season. That's gone completely wrong because various reasons, but basically Media Pro weren't able to... Um, to sort of meet their commitments and now it's a mess and Canal Plus are probably going to end up with some kind of deal but obviously nowhere near at the level that um, that was originally signed with Media Pro and the clubs are not going to get the kind of money that they were banking on. So as you said I don't think there's going to be these big fire sales that some people are expecting in January but I think in the summer depending on how things are or aren't resolved there's going to be a lot of players available and then again, I mean, I'm hoping for the French club's sake that they go for their proper values, but I'm sure there's going to be some really good deals there to be done. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on. Last question, Jeremy, before we wrap up. Renato Sanchez obviously is at Lille and he's someone that very highly rated before he went to Bayern Munich. Wasn't a good move at all. Went to Swansea, was, was shocking, but I've always been a massive fan. I think he's a really talented player. I think we're starting to see him come back to that player that we saw uh, you know, sort of pre the Bayern Munich days, but um, would he be a better option for these sort of clubs? I know Liverpool were interested in him, and uh, I know he was of massive interest for for United under Louis Van Gaal. Obviously, he went to Bayern Munich. Is he the sort of player perhaps that United should be looking at, or other bigger clubs should be looking at, as opposed to Samari? So, as a as a France fan, I'm really worried about Sanchez because last time Lille saved the career of a dodgy Portuguese player, he scored the the winner against France in the Euro final, and France and Portugal were in the same group again. Um, <laughs> he's definitely getting back to his best, and the fact that he's doing it with, um, you know, with all due respect to Swansea, I think Lille are probably it's probably fair to say he's a bigger club than than Swansea, if not obviously as big as Bayern. So it's good that he's doing it for a high-profile club, um, challenging for honours domestically, playing in Europe as well, which shows that maybe but the Bayern move, I don't know if it was just too soon or he got a big, bit too big for his boots. But I suppose in terms of, although there was that blip in between, you can say that Sanchez has been playing at a higher level for longer. Um, so he should be a sort of safer bet than than Simare. Again, there's less sort of polishing to do there because we've already seen that he can show those skills on a consistent basis. The only question is, you know, the one time that he's moved to a 
you know, really big European marquee club, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to do it then. So, you know, is the same problem going to occur again? I suppose in that sense, maybe it remains to be seen, but sort of Memphis Depay is the, is the player that springs to mind. And, you know, is he still at Lyon? Because again, those sort of really elite European clubs are looking at what he did or didn't do at United and they're worried about that. But, you know, Sanchez now sort of more mature in his prime. It makes more sense, I think, to, to go for him if you want someone who's immediately got the potential to settle as a first-team regular. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There's, there's some talents to pick off. Depay, I'm still unsure. I, th- I feel like he's found his level. Uh, but if the, if it's quoted at 5 million euros, I believe, or something crazy like that, then I think he's definitely worth a punt for a lot of teams. Jeremy, thank you for joining me today. We will be doing a Basuma podcast as well. So make sure you check out for that. Jeremy, where can everyone find your fantastic work and your articles? So I'm on Twitter at Jeremy Smith 98 and I'm generally podding on French Football Weekly and either podding or writing for Get French Football News. Absolutely fantastic. Jeremy's a really, really great guest that comes on the podcast, guys. Give him a follow. He's the man I go to when I want to speak about any French talent uh, or know anything about uh, Liga. Guys, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We just hit 1K as well, subscribers. So we are growing. We're doing more of these player analysis shows. Make sure you give us a follow as well on Twitter. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you prefer to listen to us and not to see my face five times a week. So make sure you do that. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.